You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. I'm Raz, and we're with the whole team. We have left Kubawazi, and we have uh, Catherine just reached out to the Cobalt Club and in a just absolutely beautiful moment between two people um, sharing sharing loss and and sympathy and empathy, trying to understand how to navigate this the situation of of a of a tragedy. Uh, Catherine was able to dial in to her to her inner spiritual angel and let the club know that Ken Allard had been jacked out of the plane uh, by his face uh, by, from Shakotal. So that's that's the way it goes. So, but thank you, Catherine, for that. It was it was magnificent. The team has a arri- go ahead, Catherine. <laughs> I can see I your. Just, your I, would, I thought she was doing jazz hands. No, I I would just like to say that we talked about it off mic. Yes, we did, and we laughed about it. We had a good time. Hey, listeners, why does the rest of the cast keep making Catherine do all of the gushy emotional conversations? I think it's stupid, and I think we need to nominate a new spokesperson for this kind of thing because well, I just keep, I think I keep you know, losing friends. I, I think that I think you're being too hard she, on yourself. She's doing I great. I, I have a lot of faith in her abilities. Oh my yeah. god! It's, it's like a lactose intolerant dairy maid. I think right. it's great. Oh my god. <laughs> Would you rather have the brusque American who will headbutt someone or it's, it's, the slighty f- woman of, hey, do you know how goblins are made? Talk to Why can't people. it? Okay, why does it have to be one of the women? Like, it could be one of it's the It's a fresh perspective care. of bluntness. That's what it really is. So uh, the city of Mombasa in 1930 is... Excellent segue. Thank you. The city of Mombasa in 1930 is really... Hmm, how can I say this? It's it's not... It's not Cairo. It's not quite that developed. It does have some some permanent structures. It does have its own. It has wharfs. Uh, there are. It's it's a good harbor for for trade and and you do see some some infrastructure that's been been built around it. There's a few permanent hotels. Probably like the first three or four streets uh, leading away from the dock area where cargo ships pull in and out um, and are tugged in and out. You know, perspect by uh, the smaller the smaller vessels, but. After that third or fourth street, it starts becoming more of what you would expect, you know, a fringe city would have a lot more, like, you know, your makeshift buildings, ramshackle, like you're getting more of that lean twos and things put up. So Mombasa has a, a, an economy that's 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 growing, but the actual permanency of it, that thing that you would think of like a New York or a city like that, that's not there yet. It's it's only right around the, the hub of the port. And then anything else after that is is far more you know, still in the, in its infancy. So you're able to arrive. You, you, you know, Jack has uh Kakayangu following one of the, you know, they, they, they tow one of the vehicles with them. They get it out there. People help, you know, they, so one guy drives the car back. One guy takes the truck back with all the luggage, but they, uh, they drop you off at the port and you were able to secure some, um, some conversations with the crew and the captain uh, whose name is Runyon Partridge. Runyon Partridge, and he's nineteen fifty. He's a uh, fifty-eight years old, and an Englishman. You're told, and he will speak to you about the the births and getting you aboard. So you get to the Drina, and she is scheduled to sail in about forty-eight hours. So they're just putting the last of the cargo in place. They're getting the coal, st- you know, set into the hold. Things of that nature. Crew is being called back in. You know, 
so many days off at sea, uh, you know, from sea off, off at port. And uh, the team gets there. So you get to the office, you know, you get aboard, you come up the gangway and they tell you the captain is up in the in the bridge and you can speak to him there and make any arrangements. So you make your way up to the bridge. It's the ship is probably about already been in service 20, 22 years, somewhere around there. It's a steamer. Um, she does. She has seen slightly better days. She probably is, you know, in need of a of a retrofit or at least a, a good cleaning. Ship seems sound. Very standard layout, you know, hull is, is probably somewhere displaces about 45,000, you know, tons. So it's a good size vessel for its time. Biggest in the port right now. And uh, there's deckhands milling about all over the place. They see the ladies coming on board. They make some, fun, you know, some noises and nothing that you know, ladies from the 1930s haven't heard. Yes, Fagos and double birds as she goes by. Um, Ella brandishes a sword and Catherine stumbles. So, I mean, it's just kind of trips over something. It's just, just in her trick with traditional. Oh, well, there I am. Yes. I'm good. good. But you make your way up to the, to the bridge and they, they show you that, you know, they walk you through the bridge is not flamboyant. It's got the big door that can be resealed. the, The, the airtight doors. It's a functional bridge. The ship itself is very functional. Like I said, if you, if someone was traveling up, you know, worldwide or around the world and trying to rank various boats, this is probably a two star. Like as far as its amenities and everything at this time. And that's pretty nineteen thirties, the amenities weren't great anyway. So this is definitely a function over form boat. But um he comes over and he's he introduces himself. He's like, uh Runyon Partridge. Good uh welcome aboard the Drina. Spoke to Mr. Kensington and he said that uh you would be looking for for passages. How many is in your party? Is is everyone here? Yes, I believe that everyone is here. Um, there are uh, three females and uh, um, one other male and myself. When, and uh, as far as uh, you're going all the way to Australia, I know that. Um, 23 days. Uh, 23 yes. days. Is- yes, yes. Well, quite a long time uh, upon the ship. Uh, what can we expect as far as weather this time of year? Oh, well, I've been this part of the world sailing for about 15 years. Hurricanes are not uncommon, but we're already coming into the last half of the season. We keep a weathered eye out. Should be no problem. No, The chances of getting into anything, any squall, she's, uh, the drain has been batted around once or twice, but we're usually pretty, we're fairly careful. We, uh, we carry enough coal that if we need to bypass or step out of a, a weather gauge, we can at least extend our journey by 10 days. So should we no problem that way where we, we would have a, an issue? Sounds good. Sounds fine. I, I think we're, we're prepared for the long journey. I, I, I know it will be uh, fairly meager accommodations. I, I'm, I'm hoping, I believe that we have the women uh, booked together and then Mr. Gavrilov and myself. Well, we can make some sort of arrangement of that. If any of you have any skills right now, we're in desperate need of a medical officer. Our seems to have... Uh, Oh yes, one of the ladies is uh, is a World War One uh, nurse, and she's quite amazing, uh, Catherine Ross. I I can have her reach out to the captain for you. She is. Well, I, I am the captain, and that would be. Is she here with you right now, um, sir? Is she. Yeah, and I turn and I, I and I point to Catherine and 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 say, Catherine, darling, please tell him about oh. your skill set. Um, hello, Captain. As Captain Partridge, good to meet you, ma'am. Captain Partridge, hello. It's like a half salute, half curtsy, half hello, like subservient bow thing. So you just made this awkward. 
You just yeah. did it yourself. I know. Don't, don't yell at the rest of us for being awkward around you when you half curtsy, half bow, half salute, half kick him in the shin. If you do all those things in one motion, it looks awkward. No, you look just, just like awkward. A, it's, she, yeah, it's, hello, Captain. She feels <laughs> threatened, <laughs> angered, somewhat sexual. It's, they're all going on at the same time. He's to say, no. it's Christ, impossible stick. Extend it's, your hand and say, nice to meet you. Bob. Impossible it's stick. Like, it's okay. Awkward Bob and then a handshake. There we go. Perfect. Nice to meet you, Captain. I don't... How how does one salute a captain of, like, a passenger ship? One doesn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was more to the keeper, damn it! Anyway. Sorry. Um, my my skill set, sir. Um, I served in the war. I've worked in a hospital for many years in England. My specialty is, believe it or not, a trauma surgery. But I I've seen it all. If your men are in need of a help, I'd be happy to offer my services. Well, it would be really appreciated, Miss Ross, if you could go down and take, if you're willing to uh, work for us and be on call should any of my men stumble into a situation, uh, I would be willing to <clears throat> give yourself free passage and uh, oh, reduce excellent. the rate for all of your companions by 50%. Uh, oh, that's officer incredibly to, generous. To I am on a schedule, so I couldn't wait much longer, but I know that our medical officer has been delayed north, and will, I received a wire this morning that he would not be able to, to, he will not make it in time for us to leave and, and still get our cargo intact to Australia. Well, we, we don't want that, so I'd be, I'm sure it will be fine, nothing I haven't seen before. And to the rest of you, anybody else have anything that might be... Helpful board a boat. I'm 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 willing to uh, to t- get it down to a free free berth and bunk if uh, food and board rather if you if you have any other skills that might be applicable in our situation we can always use hands around. Well, I, I think I might speak for Vadim and myself when I say that we are quite good with a gun, and uh, if we run into pirates, can be quite helpful in that way. I, I myself. Uh, um, do not have much experience around boats, but I'm I'm willing to assist as possible. Well, I'm, I, I, I I'm hoping that if if we come down to where pirates are actually boarding, I would think you'd be fighting that off of yourself. I, I normally don't bring security. I, I, that's not really a job function that we need. Uh, that's more of a you know save yourselves situation. I, I I'm talking more like a mechanic, pipe fitter, laborer, of deckhand. I could even. I could even bring somebody aboard as that. I still have a slot there if necessary. Are your men superstitious? They're sailors, miss. They're very superstitious. Hmm. Why? Oh, what no, are you I thinking? And he looks at now. He's wondering. Wow, I didn't think we could get more crazy than the woman <laughs> in the platform shoes, who half saluted, sh- shook my hand, and then curtsied. You just said, "Are they superstitious?" Yes. Forget it then. Well, now. <laughs> His superstitions are running crazy. Yes. Isn't she such a comedian? That's why we love her so much. That's why we keep her around. I can help yes. on, ha uh, ha. on shit. Haha, <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I am an archaeologist by trade. I travel by trade. Um, I haven't been on a boat in a little while, but I am willing to help on deck if need be. Really? Thank you, miss. He looks at the two able-bodied men and kind of like, that would be... Um, uh, that's not really necessary. I appreciate. The, you know, uh... fine. Fuck it. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a Ballard response. Yep. Our third mate archaeologist didn't show up for duty, so. <laughs> 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 
to say when you fucking in Atlantis, I'll call you. What the fuck? Then you go, but I can do some heavy lifting. Bottom you know, hat. Faye. Bottom's worried. Does the ship move a lot? Does, does the ship move <laughs> a lot? Strong. How how big are you? What is your size? Me. Tiny. She is tiny. Right. I don't want to talk about like a, it. Okay. I'm I'm strong, almost a midget, but strong. Yeah. Listen, small people can be strong too. Okay? I am built I, like ox. I don't need I don't need this from you people. I'm going back into mute. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm going to my cabin and I'm gonna sulk for twenty two days. So gonna, he Okay, should we roll for like She's a cement even, block on two gnarled legs. Should we roll for who gets motion sick or not? Not not yet. Oh so okay. the yeah, we're not even out of out to sea yet. Oh, God damn, we're getting a lot of chop. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> That's Vadim. Why is ocean so rough? Um, so the he introduces you to several members of the team. He he walks you around the ship to give you the lay of the uh, the boat itself. A little bit of history about the Drina, how she's you know a, basically a cargo ship with some amen- some simple amenities for the crew. Things that you can do on board are let's see, there's a small library. The captain says, any books, please just make sure you return them, obviously. They only have about 30. We do have car- a few card tables around. There's some chairs that you can bring out on, on the open deck when the crew isn't working, which they're normally stoking coal. Once they're out to sea, the deck work is very minimal. There's Most of it is going to be down below where they take shifts, and it's a decent-sized crew. It's about uh, 16 or 18 men running in four- to six-hour shifts, depending on, on what speed he's trying to keep. And uh, they're stoking coal just constantly. I mean, they're carrying, I don't know, 75 tons or 80 tons of coal. It's, that's like, it's, it's crazy. There's darts in the mess. There's also, you know, several books on language. You can take strolls around the, pro- around the deck itself. A few puzzles. There is an old style player piano, the, you know, the, the uprights, not a player, I'm sorry, an upright piano. A small one that that you can play that in case just for music. But other than that, you're really kind of it's a functional ship. You know, it's not going to have. There's no squash. There's no, no shuffleboard. No shuffleboard. Huh? Mm-hmm. No, no golf balls off the back. Like you could, you could throw them if you want, but there's no. Then why the hell are we here? Because there's not a lot of boats that come out of Mubasa heading for Australia that are. There's not a big call for luxury liners, especially like I said at this time of year. I was more just kidding. Well, there's no oh. planes that are going to make that distance, really. No, either. it would take so many stops. So so he introduces you to the rest of the crew that are important players, just people that you would talk about all the time. I make it a point not to awkwardly bob. Which somehow comes off worse, I'm sure, in the way Catherine stands there, like, holding onto herself, like, I'm not bobbing. Just <laughs> I, why, why would I hold onto myself? No, I just stand there. God. Okay, so Catherine stands there and just says, oh, my God. So focus Nicholas... on not bobbing. Yes, focusing on, I'm not going to bob, I'm not going to bob, I'm not going to bob. Um, <laughs> the first mate is named Nicholas Critch. Uh, Nicholas is very nice. Uh, seems like a London accent. Seems uh, kind of friendly. A little younger than the captain. Probably early 40s. The, uh, you know, welcome aboard. Uh, if there's anything you need, please feel free to reach out. Uh, I hear that, you, you know, Miss Ross, you're coming on board as medical. It's nice to meet all of you. Uh, pl- I'm usually on shift when the captain isn't, whenever he's not, you know, whenever he's at rest or taking his meals, I'm in charge of the bridge. So if you have anything that you should need, just, uh, just ring up and I'll be more than glad to help you. And then the uh, chief of the officer of the watch is a man by the name of Clem Ogrenberg. 
He's Swede. He's just slightly younger than Critch. Um, seems to be a nice guy, a little more quiet, very much practical, knows the ship really well. Kind of, you get this idea that safety is his number one concern. He goes over the lifeboats. He explains to you, you know, should there be, yeah, lifeboat training. Uh, he explains to you, should there be, what, what the symbols are, you know, what the sounds are, if there's you know, an impact, you know, uh, you know, coming with, goes just through, he spends about 20 minutes and the captain's kind of like, I'll be back. And he walks away and, uh, Ogrenberg just, you know, this is how we do it. If water's coming in, you lock the door. He's, I mean, he's treating you like you're, like you're going to be staff, right? But you are for 22 days, you're with them. So should anything go amiss or awry, he just, he gives you the whole rundown. That's what he does. After, like I said, about 20 minutes, the captain comes. He takes you in. Then he introduces you to the cook. So he's like, Sebast- uh, Sebastini, are you here? And you hear, of course I'm here. Of course I'm here. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Opa, this is, my name is Orlo Sebastini, and I'm ship's cook. I hope everyone is happy to be here. I make uh, things things that you will enjoy to eat. For ship cook, I have somewhat reputation. He's, I'm very very pleased with with making good food for my boys for my boys and now for three beautiful women thank you um mr sebastini how old is he uh he's about 60 you um the guys you know as you're as he leaves the captain says he's a good chap he actually does make like he's one of the best i've ever served with uh he tends to find ways of making something out of a not a lot He's and he's always coming up with innovative ways. The, the crew loves him. He's probably the most you know favored member of the ship. When it, when you have a good ship's cook, and you're on a long time crew, that's like that's gold. Like you you love that guy. So he gets uh, you know he says he's taken care of by the crew. They're always tipping him, and you know at the end of a voyage when they make good money, they give him a little extra something for the kitchen to buy extra supplies. Yeah, he's 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 probably the most beloved member of the crew. The last two people you meet are Adrian. Um, Holgenschick, which is, he's an Austrian. He's the engineer and his, the first mate is a man by the name of beauty and beauty is his right hand man. And they call him that because he's a fucking beauty. He's just, every time something breaks, beauty is the guy who somehow finds a way to fix it and keep the ship running. So he's Kaylee, but he's a man and, um, very outgoing, very nice. Handsome guy, like good looking, but not overly like beauty isn't just because of his, you know, his face. It's he's a fucking beauty. He's he's the guy that gets things done on board and make sure the ship's running clean. All right. The rest of the deckhands, as you need them, they're they're about the coal stokers and the deckhands. So when a boat takes off like this, the stokers will be down below. The the, the, the true coal guys will get the boat started and then they'll start sw- switching with deckhands. So nobody's breathing that thing the whole time and they get to go up and, uh, you know, they, and they run off in shifts. You're brought to your cabins. And the Drina is like they said, it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of function. You do have beds that are mounted to the floor and bolted in. So you do actually have mattresses. You're not on hammocks, which is surprising. You may have thought that that might have been the case. You're not. Uh, so they do have a few berths for people that are traveling. Uh, they uh, put basically it's two people to a berth. So you and Vadim and then ladies, you can only two beds are bolted in. One person can not be bolted in and they tell you they could bring a hammock for a third if you want to be all together or else they need to put a third person in you know the third lady in another room these um, are twins these are small beds these are 1930 twins request, by the way meaning I they're thin have the single room you oh. want you want to be by yourself ella yes uh there may be some things i need to do okay. you know what 
uh, way ahead. You know what? You have the best time in there. Um, Kate and I are going to have a lovely sleepover. Um, please don't blow up the ship. We have only just... How do you know about that? Now... How do I know about that? I know you. The, I love you. The fact that the two of you are willing to let her be alone is fascinating. But that's fine. We can No, we can no hold that. on. Because, she just requested. Because... Why on earth would I fight the stubborn magician? Okay, I'm not winning that fight. I've I know this. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna let her go, do her thing. It's on you. But you know what? That's <laughs> fine. You can't put it on. Rude. She's Rude. laughing. She's laughing. She is not best left alone. <laughs> Rude. I I am feeling attacked. No, don't feel attacked. But just put it. It's on. You're basically handing a kid with a lighter and putting him in a cotton warehouse and saying, I know I can trust you, right? And the kid's an arsonist. You don't, you're asking the one person who should never be left alone to the captain who's superstitious. <clears throat> and that's fine. That's fine. Oh, okay. Listen, are our rooms next to each other at no. least? What the hell? No. I'm not making it that easy for you. No. Why? <laughs> it's the girls, the boys, and then Ella at the other end. For the record, uh, even if I had a roommate, she'd probably add, I just do it in front of you anyway. A hundred percent. It's like she's do gonna I- do it. I you know what? I tr- Okay. I'm not even Moving gonna on. say anything. You can't this say you a, trust you know me, what? can you? You know what? This, whatever <laughs> happens, it's on Faye Elizabeth Dawson. Okay. <laughs> I'm good I'm, with that. I'm making my peace with it. I'm good with that. The As we were. they show you where. So when the cook, when you saw the cook, I'll also explain. You eat in the mess with the other people. So there's a few tables set off to the side. They they sit family style, right? Long benches and tables, um, and everything. Again, most of it's bolted down because you know there's you're out in the open ocean. This is a a working cruise liner. A, I mean, a working ship. The um, there are a few tables set off. You know, just kind of they, they're. Think of it like a diner table, right? But they come off the wall and, and they're bolted into the into the paneling, into the, the metal panel. Everything is a sharp edge, right? The, these bolts weren't designed for child safety. So just keep that in mind. Every hatch, every every corner is, is just metal. So it's just something to consider when you're getting a mental picture of this place. We're not looking talking about wooden paneled hallways, port, you know, port windows that open. Oh, I think I'll go get. I think I'll go get some air on the, on the you know along the ton. No, that's not what's happening here. You you either walk the deck and get sprayed with seawater, or you you know you're not really you're you're inside. But you can't open the windows in your in your room. Nothing like that. This is an old 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 boat, like 1900s turn of the century. Okay, so they start getting everything prepared. Cranes, rudimentary cranes, even for that time, but still cranes. Man, some things are manually hoisted, some whatever, but they're loading up the boat. Everything's going down the main hatch into the hull, into the forecastle. Um, you can easily walk around. He tells you the only time you know we'll only we'll only seal areas off if we're in the state of a you know a situation that we need to for safety. Otherwise, feel free to walk around the boat. Please don't interfere in anyone's duties, but you're, you know feel free once we get out to sea. It's a pretty long standard voyage. I understand people talk and do their thing. That's fine. I don't, you know, you can mill about with the crew. Just don't become a nuisance. That's all I ask. And that's pretty much the rules of the boat. Anybody have any problems with that? Everybody good? No, no nuisances here. I brought a stack of romance novels and a couple of bottles of wine. 
Well, so things we can do and is anyone who, anyone who has a language that is better than 50 can teach other people their language, do small language lessons, and we can see if anybody gets a, a bump up. <clears throat> you can work on if – if you did bring a book or two and you tell me you did that, you can work on your reading. You can practice – you can start working on like calisthenics and keeping your body toned, and that will help in the long run when you get to Australia. I mean 22 days isn't like – out of the norm for a human body to be at rest, but it's, it's a period of time. Um, you know, you, you, you'll start to feel if you don't, if you, if you're used to exercising or being physical every day and now you're sedentary for 22 days, you're going to feel it a little bit, you know, it's going to be a little much. You, so anything you want to do skill wise, if you wanted to work on something that made sense, Catherine, if you wanted to do some medical research in some of your books, if you want it, whatever, we can go through that. Um, we already did have some roles, so these aren't going to be huge gains team, but, if you make up a good reason for it or something you can do, like I don't think Vadim wants to play with dynamite while on the boat. That would probably scare people. But other than that, I, I work on my good innate. <laughs> you're, you're muted, Vadim. So. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking exactly that. Actually, you know, but not attaching the, the fuses, but you know, working on a, uh, on a quick light fuse system to uh, – to, uh, If you're working the... on the fuse system and designing yeah. it on paper and make, drawing it up and stuff and kind of putting the, 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 the logic together, yep. perfectly fine. If you're pulling out sticks of dynamite and cutting them and measuring them, like, you know, if this was three sticks, I could probably – that would scare the hell out of anybody who walked in on that. That would be like, not on a boat. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I could, yeah. So just would, be logical about it. Would it, it be it. possible to assist, let's say, beauty to learn uh, to increase mechanical repair, to just do that? Um, depending on what happens through the voyage, sure. <clears throat> he can explain the steam system to you. So, you know, you could get, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know how, what your skill is right now. Um, low. Okay. 10. Okay. So yeah, I mean, if you're at a 10, by the time you're done with 22 days of working around him, or if you choose to go down there and be a part of it daily, I would let you have a plus five. If you're going to only be down there occasionally, yeah. then, you know, two, three points would be fine. But again, it's, it's a start. Right. The other thing I thought about too is I do have, I have a fifty five in navigation. That's another thing you could learn. That's so I that's could do navigation. Yeah. So Faye, you had a question. I was just going to say, thinking about the teaching language, since we are eventually going to end up in Egypt at the end of this, Faye is fluent in Arabic, and she would teach anybody that wants to learn, you know, just the basics. Okay. So if everybody did like a a six hour part of their day in Arabic. Um, I would give anybody that did that for the 22 days, I would give you a 20% start in Arabic. <clears throat> but it's going to be dedicating. I mean, you really can't be doing anything else then. Like Joel would have to give up navigation. If you want 20 in Arabic to start understanding and, and work on that as a skill to go towards, you know, towards because we we have a feeling it's all going to end in, you know, in Egypt, then you really need to dedicate yourself hard to that to get to that level. Um, that would be pretty much four to, you know, five, six hours of your day. That'd be the, that'd be your learning for the day. Your brain would be done. You're like, okay, got through that. I'm good. That's my day. Eat dinner. Here's another very interesting option, which is be learn the occult from, uh, from Ella. I'm going to take Arabic. (laughs) I choose Arabic Jack for 500. I I'd love to do that because the occult is a 55. Yeah. My Um, occult's only a 20. So. So occult in, in this situation. A is situation, for Azathoth, B is for Beelzebub. Beautiful. Oh my God. Um, yeah, the C occult is, is for call off your dogs, Catherine. Wow. I don't have dogs. I'm a cat person. The the occult, learning the occult with that, you know, that's going to be, 
it's going to be theory at best. Um, that's probably not as easily done on a boat without a lot of textbooks, without a lot of, you know, rationale behind how you, how, how you would go about making the circles. You got to remember guys, I'm, I'm trying to give you some practical skills that may help, but occult is a really, that's, that's a lot of learning type well, stuff. It was, that's just an ask. Learning. it was just an ask. Yeah. It's, it's not the, I would think you'd really have to explain to me how you're going to get around that with privacy and keep it under wraps because God forbid anybody walked in or saw. Say we draw event. circles in her room. And, and right. Can you imagine Faye walking into that? <laughs> uh, Faye, Faye would probably just walk out. I think Catherine would be the one that would run upstairs and tell the captain. Yeah, no, Faye would come in. She would kind of look at the floor and be like, I'm not, you guys have fun. And I'll just turn around and leave. Unless she Shame heard, you. she heard, Shame. Come, come to me, Richard, come this way through the, through the portal. And my yeah, God. No, if I, <laughs> yeah. If I heard that, I'm going to start swinging and it's going to be violent. Okay. Well, it's darling where your, where your father's soul has gone. She cannot get it. That's, you know what? Thank you so much for that, Ella. I really needed to hear that today. <laughs> Her daily reminder. That was like a seriously gentle smack there. Look at that. It just You want to bring up my you want to bring up my uh you my damned your mother too. Would you like to bring up my damned mother as well? No, I wasn't saying hell. I was saying he got put to a dimension I can't reach. That's how is that better? <laughs> wow. So you have your father's soulless eyes. Um the moving Oh my god. Wow. Ella, you have your hand raised one last time. Okay. The reason I wanted to do this is because I have a character thing as well as a, hey, I'd like some help kind of thing. Because what Bottom mentioned, I don't know if it was, I think it was just during the break, but like, because of this whole ordeal, she's now thinking that maybe everybody needs a ritual kind of sword. So she's going to call on the gods that she knows that she's connected to right now. And she's going to do a little bit of a prayer, hey, guide my guide my ritual sword thing <laughs> figure out what i want to do so can yeah, I you're not that? a blacksmith you're not a blacksmith um I'm not i don't a blacksmith, know but i'd like to find stuff or be pointed towards like hey we are trying to protect the world you, the people that you serve let's talk yes so i would the way i see ella having if you're seriously looking at going for an alternate form of weaponry i think you need to either seek those items out or have people that are gifted in that kind of magic uh, does build them and make them for you this is remember your your occult is is knowledge based because of the the the, the, the places that you've been but your skill set is still clairvoyant you are you are a, you're someone who can extract memories and thoughts from items and people from the past you can you can see what's happened right so, so I can't like use my Cthulhu mythos to kind of talk to someone. You, you can that's, that's possibly connected to the water deities because like I wrote down some cool stuff but if you're telling me I can't you, do that then that's fine but I'm just wondering how to you want what? to uh, let that, that I'm, I'm I'm hearing you you I, I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying so you're saying when the boat gets out to sea you're thinking you want to make a Cthulhu mythos role to talk to a deep one or something in the ocean is that what you're trying to do? To see if you can find a way to fight other Cthulian things? Good God. I think it would be pertinent to have a conversation with one of them because some of them are lesser water deities. I've written down some names, but I'm like, listen, right. we're trying to save the world that you inhabit. Right. This right. God wants to blanket you in darkness. Yep. Let's have a conversation. 
How okay. about the fact that we're sitting in a boat full of people who may not be appreciative of you talking to an entity and maybe throw us all off the boat to die? And and also, you know, this whole thing is called like Cthulian mythos. That's literally him. That's where he lives. <laughs> he lives in the ocean. Yes. He okay. lives, so. you know, yeah. All right. Look, I'll I'll bring no, it listen. to table because she's learned her lesson. <laughs> I, you don't have to. You don't even have to bring it to table. You just brought it to me. I we'll talk. It. I love it. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk. Ella, she's Ella doing Ella things. She's cackling. I love it. She should. That's so Ella. I'm sweating. She's like a human grenade. You know, earlier when I said yep. this is on Faye Elizabeth Dawson, yep. I um I would like to go back in time. <laughs> nope. That's um, okay. Feel I'm comfortable just... every night you Why shut are you your laughing? door. laughing? Because I love the fact that she put such trust in me and now everybody's like, what the fuck? Because, because what's wrong with me? But who am I? Maybe maybe we take a minute to think that you know, your companions did put trust in you to not mess things up and be weird. This isn't her thinking she's messing things up. This is her thinking, I need to talk to the spirits that are on the same plane who know he's coming and maybe are just as fearful as you. This but what is if they're happy happening? about it? Uh, oh my let's, god. Let's not worry about there it There are good now. demons and there are bad demons. There's no such thing as a good demon! You know. Well, you okay. racist. I, I, I work Catherine on that one. We are we are nearly out of time. So what we're going to do is we are going to set up the the Drina gets loaded up. Um, Catherine has found her way off the boat and has quit the job and is now standing there waving goodbye to her friends as they sail off to just <laughs> Catherine's she's the goat do, queen. She's doing the bon voyage like bugs. Bon voyage. Bye. Goodbye. Hey, happy. Hey, goat farming is really big in Eastern Africa. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. I really just think that she's actually going to take Lord Cavendish up on his offer. She's like, you know what? Maybe not that bad. Yep. I'm, you know, I'm fairly limber. I could kill him in a couple weeks. Jesus. You know? <laughs> so the, um, the boat, the boat is ready to go. And at, I believe it's going to be February 7th is the date we marked down. February 7th. She is departing from uh, Mombasa. Uh, fair skies, good weather. Seas are fairly calm as they make their way out of the harbor. And night one comes by without an incident. You eat some delicious Greek food, especially the the way chefs work on boats that are out to sea for 29 days or 23 days, rather, is that they use up the best stuff, the stuff that goes the most perishable first, and then they try to stretch everything from there. So the, the lettuces, things that, you know, he you has eat good to keep, at first. <laughs> you eat good at first. So he's got an ice room. But that ice room will slowly diminish in temperature, and that's when he has to start whipping out the, the more like, like Jack Cavendish said in one of the texts, you know, beans on toast. That's when we get we get to the beans on toast around day eighteen. So, but uh, you know, for now everything was Vadim, I think, with the beans and toast. Was it? Oh, Vadim, I'm sorry, Vadim said it. My apologies. So yes, cookie beans on toast. four basic food groups: beans, bacon, whiskey. Oh, that's right. There's Vadim's Vadim's text. First night, pretty good though for sleeping. Fairly uneventful. Everything goes well. The cruise is very nice. The deckhands seem pleasant. They've locked everything down. There are about 20 pallets on the top of the boat itself uh, that have been lashed to the, to, the, to the deck. She is riding a little low, carrying a lot of weight. That will get slightly better about the halfway point as the coal is burning through and the boat starts to gain some of that buoyant, that ballast back. 
Um, but right now she's, you know, you can tell the captain's trying to maximize profit in this particular voyage. So that's where we'll leave it for tonight. February 7th out to see the morning of February 8th when we get back to Cthulhu and Cairo in a week. So listeners, thank you so much. Uh, Ella will talk about finding out what would actually hurt Shakotal and is there any Cthulian creature that would be willing to share that information with you and what the price would be uh, if they're water-based or whatever. But we can go into all that and we'll find out exactly what Ella has in mind and how Catherine wants to stop her within when we get back uh, next time. So don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys and I love my players. Thank you guys. Good job and we'll see you in a week. Take Good night, everybody. Good night, Keeper. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.